Good afternoon and welcome to SWAT Radio. This is Brad Sykes sitting alongside my good friend and co-host Doug McCary. By the way, SWAT Radio is part of His Light International Ministries and its mission is to equip and encourage men to walk out the truths found in Scripture. By the way, stay tuned this week as Doug and I discuss part four of the gospel according to Jesus by Dr. John MacArthur. This week we're going to be dealing with the topic of biblical repentance. And uh, over the next hour, we're going to journey through and discuss what it looks like when Jesus calls us to repentance. Before we jump into the teaching for today, let's catch up, brother. Long yeah. time. Yeah, I was. You and I heard you and David Gray knocked it out of the park last week. Uh, to quote one of the listeners up in Georgia, actually. So uh, he said, you guys were awesome, and that's uh, why I'm so glad to have you guys when I'm not around. I appreciate so much y'all stepping in and um, finishing up that week on mm-hmm. Jesus well, being being the fulfillment, the Messiah. Uh, you know, we, Brian, most people in America don't even know what a Messiah is. You know, that, that word point. has no meaning for most Westerners. Right, right. Um, so I, that, that's a really important topic, and I I, I just want to uh, go over a couple of things with y'all that were on my mind about that. Uh, but yeah, we had a great time. I had uh, ten guys up in North Georgia at the uh, most probably elite reactive shooting school in hmm. the in the world. Uh, it, it's like nothing I, I ever experienced when I was an FBI agent on the SWAT team. Uh, back in the old days of the FBI, not like new. And by the way, most street agents, and I, I like clarifying this because, you know, everybody's been asking me, what do you think about being in the FBI now? Listen, the FBI used to be the most elite law enforcement agency in the world. And, um, you know, most field agents, you're, what I call your boot agents, the guys out there doing the boot work, the hard groundwork, they're good guys. They're just out there doing their jobs. Mm-hmm. The the people that are really struggling right now in the area of corruption and politics and uh, I call blurring the lines of politics and law enforcement, which they shouldn't be doing, is upper-level management. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something uh, Director Ray's going to have to clean up, and I hope he does. Do you, uh, think, it, do you think that's a result of just people wanting wanting the position – more than the the you know the career they want the the higher level positions and i don't think that's exclusive to the fbi i think if you're in politics and you seek a higher office oftentimes you're willing to compromise in areas just so that you can please people yeah well that that happened to be honest with you brad it started back in the late 90s uh, really with the affirmative action act and people, what happened is supervisors and, and upper-level people started to being politically afraid of not putting a female up or a minority mm. up. And, and people started uh, kissing up to supervisors and, and upper-level people caring more about, like you said, rank than really doing the work. And, and you had a lot of people who served as supervisors that didn't do a lot of field work. Right. 
Right. Well, that that's uh, that's terrible because they don't really understand a lot of investigative work and they're making policy decisions. Uh, Now, there were a lot of good directors and a lot of good office directors out there. But by and large, right now, there's a lot of politics. Like the kind of stuff that went on with Strzok and McCabe should have never happened. Those guys should be in jail for what they did. And it's tarnished the name of the FBI. And, you know, right now, the whole country is doubting, is the FBI even believable? Well, I think that's the biggest uh, threat right now is that we we just don't believe in – our government we don't believe in our voting we there's so many areas where it's so you know the 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 infrastructure of our society is very much in question right now well yeah when when you when you got hunter biden doing all the things he's done and nothing happens to him Mm -hmm. and yet you got people that literally their major crime was trespassing at congress have been in solitary confinement for a year and a half I'm not talking about the ones that uh, hurt police officers up there. Those people need to be in jail. Absolutely. But the people that simply, when Capitol Police let them walk in, walked in, and they thought, okay, they're letting us in, and some of those people are in jail now. And still, and, yeah, and they're still been in jail, jail for a year yeah. and a half. Yeah. That kind of stuff is, is messed up. So, anyway, all that to say, um, you know, we had a great group of guys up there. It was a great, it was a great uh, thing. You know, the Rogers School. Bill Rogers is a legend. He was an FBI agent who ended up making Kydex holsters. He he made holsters for all the police in the country. Like, and then he's trained people in this uh, thing he calls reactive shooting, and he trains you to be able to shoot a target and move from target to target and hit it accurately, a six-inch plate in a half second. So literally, you will shoot 21 targets in like 10 and a half seconds. Wow. And and they range from 7, 10, 15, and 20 yards. Wow. Now think about that. In a half second, you're making transitions. So he teaches you how Both to do Both hands? Uh, yeah. Uh, like one, one drill up there, one test, you have to shoot. 23 targets in 11 and a half seconds with only your support hand, which is your not your dominant yeah, hand. right. And that's it. And you have to do reloads. Uh, he gives you six seconds for reloads, but you have to do it only with your left hand. So you now, is that with it. one of his guns or is that with one of your own? Uh, well, you, you bring whatever to, you want. You start using his, but okay. if you once you get scores with his, you can use your own. But there are guys that went to Mogadishu – uh, you remember that movie Black Hawk Down? Sure. Do you mm-hmm. remember the scene when they're in the street and they're going in that armored personnel carrier? They're they're, they're like the Humvee, and they're taking fire from guys on rooftops. Mm. Some of the guys who were Delta Force guys went through his training, and they said his training saved their life because they were using that one hand technique to shoot and then reload. and And he goes, "That saved our lives because we were able to shoot the guys that had the." Wow rockets rpgs and stuff so it was it was great and we had a great time of spiritual emphasis with the guys three or four guys said it was life-changing spiritually for them so it's it was always a good retreat to go up there and i appreciate you and uh, brad um i mean you and david covering the ground here and my lori for letting me go lori let me go up there for a week well we we uh as usual dave and i 
kind of enjoy hanging out together. And uh, we, we have, uh, you know, David, that got, brings a little of that Boston accent with him, and he's, he's usually got some good Seinfeld quotes. and <laughs> Seinfeld and baseball. Yeah, he'll talk yeah, about it. I was going to say, we did we did venture into a little bit of baseball, but... Uh, I heard yeah. that day. I listened that day. I started to call you and say, okay, you got to get to the text, yeah, Get man. to the text. Get to the, well, you know, one of the things we always do in this first segment is just kind of share what's going on in our world. And I came across this article, Doug. I just want to read it to you, and maybe our listeners will find this encouraging says the residents of the Two Life Senior Community in Brighton, Massachusetts, have a new pep in their step, thanks to James Humphreys. The 25-year-old is a front desk ambassador, and last year he noticed that many of the seniors had worn out shoes that in some cases were several sizes too big. Humphreys Humphreys worried they might trip and fall and was especially concerned about a resident who is partially blind and only speaks Haitian Creole. It took him months to earn the man's trust, and once he learned his shoe size, Humphreys bought him or brought him a pair of blue suede New Balance sneakers he had at home that were the perfect fit. When a colleague heard what he did, uh, she gave Humphreys the number of uh, contacts she had at New Balance. Hmm. The person no longer worked at the company, but the people there were so gracious, and there was a domino effect of references until I landed in the right hands, it says. Humphreys told uh, The Week, said they generously offered to donate 20 pair of shoes and with the help of the resident service coordinators at Two Life, says we were able to fulfill the orders with residents we felt needed them most. Mm-hmm. Being able to help others is the most rewarding and gratifying act of life, Humphreys mm-hmm. said. We have all been in a place where we need someone to reach their hand out and say, I got you. I want to be that person for others whenever possible. Anyway, I, th- I thought that article was so good. My wife shared it with me this morning. I thought, baby, print that out. I got to bring it with me. It's, it, so often we need to hear stories like this. Yeah, you know? that's 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 awesome. See a need, meet a need, right? Yeah, I, I love that. See a need, meet a need. Amen. Yeah. And and you know, one of the things we did with the guys up there, Brad, is um, you know we always pray for our servers. And I don't know if you're listening today, whether you're in Virginia or. Um, or, uh, you know, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, out west, wherever. You know, when you go out to a restaurant and and you are, um, obviously, we're, we were 10 guys, so we're going to create a little bit of a scene just being 10 guys. Sure. People are wondering what we're doing and everything. And, you know, we always ask the waitress or the waiter, hey, how can we pray for you? You know, and, and, and we developed conversation with this particular waitress at one place. And she had a need. She was a single mom working two jobs trying to go to school. And, you know, I just felt led at the table. Say, hey, let's just take up a collection and give her right here. Oh, love I it. mean, like, and just tell her, love it. you know, God loves you. We love you. And we're praying for you. Yeah. Because yeah. Cause so often Christians will say, hey, can I pray for you? Oh, you got needs? And then they don't even think to try to help meet the need yeah. if and, and yeah. it, listen it doesn't have to be much no but I mean, you just guess the thought yeah. and it's encouragement and go okay that's really cool these people said they're believers they prayed but then they actually did, did something As i was too. gonna say we've got to demonstrate that yeah we got to demonstrate that well with that said we're going to take a quick break we're glad you've joined us on swat radio we would love to hear from you today we'll take your calls during our final segment at 844-777-SWAT. That's 
877-792-8. If you have any questions or comments, shoot us an email to ask at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back as we dive into our text. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. This is <clears throat> this week we're going to be discussing biblical repentance. And today we're going to focus on what it looks like when Jesus calls us to repentance. Doug, I'm, I'm looking forward to the teaching this week. So I hope our listeners are tuned in because this is good stuff. Well, you know, repentance is probably one of the most left out elements of gospel preaching today. And yet, when you think about Jesus, if you go and look at the four gospels, right? Especially Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the call is to repent by Jesus. And we're talking this this week along with the last few weeks on the gospel according to Jesus, not to some pastor, not to some evangelist, hmm. Not even some great theologian from times past, but what did Jesus call people to do? What did he say about the gospel? And he said he called people to repent. In fact, Brad, if you look at, at Luke, um, go ahead and go to um, Luke chapter 5. Yep. And read verses 27 <laughs> through 31. You bet. Here we go, Luke 5, verse 27 through 31. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those 
who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Can I add 32 here, Doug? Yeah. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Yeah. He he is talking about Matthew and repentance. When Matthew's writing this, he's telling his own little story there, right? Mm-hmm. But but he is uh he's talking about repentance. In Luke he says it. In Mark he says it. And you know, some people will say, well, you know, in John he never talks about repentance. Well, that's like saying Jesus doesn't talk about grace, you know, but, but he never uses the word grace. Mm. He Jesus never used the word grace, but he was full of grace and full of truth. He didn't and need so, to talk about it because yeah, he was it. Yeah, he, he was it. And so when you look at Matthew chapter 5, and you, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 5, uh, which you just read, and you look at what uh, what is going on here, it's a it's a illustration in life of repentance in the life of Matthew. Nobody would doubt. In fact, his name was even changed from Levi to Matthew, which means what? Gift of God. Mm. And and that his life changed when Jesus called him to follow him. I mean, think about that. That is such a, this guy was a traitor to his people. And he leaves it all and follows one reason I like the chosen TV series that you can see on the app that they have for free or even on prime Amazon prime or YouTube is they show Matthew living this life of money mm-hmm. and trying to be accepted and, and, <clears throat> and he's kind of rejected by the Jews because he was all about the money. And Jesus said, come follow me. And he did. And the disciples had a hard time with it. And Peter goes, what are you doing? And in the in the TV series, he says, "What are you doing?" And Jesus says, "What do you mean?" He goes, "He's not, he can't you know, he's not like us." He and 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 he and Peter you're goes, saying, "He's different." Yeah, yeah, you're saying Peter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Peter goes, mm-hmm. "He's not like us." Talking about Matthew, he's he's different. And Jesus says, "Get used to different," you know, to him. Amen. Get used to different. Why? Because Jesus, what what did you just read? He did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And that word repentance, it, it's not a work; it is a change. Yeah. It, it is a it's a change. It starts with a change of mind about who Jesus is in your life. Right. It's not just you, you know. Uh, I love what um, what um, theologian. Um, we had him on, I can't think of his name right now, uh, Wayne Grudem says. Wayne Grudem says, knowledge alone about Jesus is not enough. Right. James says the demons believe, yeah. right? So it's not just knowledge, but even knowledge and approval, he says, is not enough. In mm. other words, I acknowledge that this is true, and I affirm it's true. That's not enough. It's not recognizing that those facts are historical. And I think a lot of people, if you ask them in a church, Brad would say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe he died on the cross. And somewhere along the way, people have been led to believe that if they affirm those facts about Jesus, then they're saved, Mm -hmm. they're changed. But what they've never done is they've never surrendered to yeah. him yeah. personally 
and allowed him to give them the heart change they need. They've never yielded their hearts to him. And for some people, um, they hear that repentance thinks, well, i got to clean up my life first. That's not what repentance means. Uh, I love what MacArthur says in his book, The Gospel According to Jesus. He says, the Greek word for repentance is metanoia, from meta, which means after, and noia, to understand. Literally, he says it means an afterthought or a change of mind. But biblically, it doesn't just stop there. It always speaks, and this is the important part, of a change of purpose. Specifically, you're going one way, Mm -hmm. and you say, God, I don't want to go this way of being self-led anymore. I want to turn, and I want you to change me, who I am. And and that's what John talks about in chapter 3 with Nicodemus. He says, you got to be born again. Yeah. There's got to be a, a new thing happening inside of you. And I, I think, Brad, when we look at uh, different texts, I think I sent you several texts that illustrate this. <clears throat> yeah. One of them is, if you go to Exodus real quick, Exodus yep. 10. Yep, gotcha. Verse 16. Yeah, read that. Yeah, it says, Then Pharaoh hastily called Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against the Lord your God and against you. Now, therefore, forgive my sin. Please, only this once, and plead with the Lord your God only to remove this death from me. So here Pharaoh is going, I've sinned. Yeah. And and please take this away. Yeah. I want to be forgiven. Right? Now, how many men have you talked to in your life who commit adultery, look at pornography, they blow it in their marriage, and they have that same attitude yeah. that Pharaoh, yeah. but what they don't have is a heart change about that sin to say, God, take it away from me. Right, right. They just want the consequences taken away. That's what Pharaoh's issue was. Pharaoh did not really want a heart change. He just wanted the consequences yeah. of that sinful behavior and the wrath of God that was being poured out on him at that moment um, or the judgment of God to be taken away. Don't you see that with so many guys today? Well, yeah, because, and I mean, we're all wired that way. We want the consequences to go away. Mm-hmm. You know, Pharaoh wanted the plagues to stop. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the locusts had eaten the crops, and it was it was disastrous. And he knew, this is what's crazy, he knew it was the Lord God. Because he said, I have sinned against the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. But he says, your God, not my God. Interesting little word there. Yeah, I have sinned against the Lord your yeah. God. Yeah, and and I think when we look at the gospel, because that's what we're talking about, the good news, which is the most important decision you could ever uh, make in your life as far as like surrendering to God. He's our, our ultimate loyalty has to be him. And uh, unfortunately in the, I think it was the 1800s started, I think with Finney, we went to this idea of a sinner's prayer and an mm-hmm. invitation. Listen, Jesus gave lots of invitations. Every time we preach, it's an invitation. If we accurately preach the gospel, but people today what they do is they've been pragmatic and thinking, if I can just have the right atmosphere, the right music, mm. if I can give them some yeah. uh, emotional story. And then the the trick is, I go, just 
I want you to pray this prayer after me. You hear right. it on TV all sure. the time. Sure. Good men. I mean, I'm not. I don't, I don't want to judge these men. That I mean, I, these men have been faithfully preaching for a long time, but unfortunately, when people hear it, they believe that just because they utter a prayer, and and people will tell them, well, if you when did, did you pray that prayer? Well, then you're in. And then they're clinging to that one instance yes. in their life. Whereas when I look at this, I see that following Christ is demonstrated in a life mm-hmm. of repentance. It, it's kind of like, I, I don't know about you, but when I drive sometimes, Doug, mm-hmm. I get very distracted. And yeah. my wife is like, keep your eyes on the road. Yeah. You know? and, and sometimes I have to make an adjustment to the wheel to get back onto the road. Yeah, it, that, That's kind of a, a turning like you, you talk about. Our lives should be a life of repentance. Well, it should. It should be ongoing. But I, I want to come back to this idea of Jesus preaching repentance. John the Baptist preached repentance. Repentance is not a work. And it's I, I believe it's dangerous for us to promote a practice which you can't back up with the Word of God. Mm. So uh, our methods and uh, our philosophy of evangelism always has to be formed by Scripture rather than what works out in the world or pragmatism. And yet, you know, what bothers me so bad is there's so little exegesis offered by people who use these pragmatic methods, and they just, um, okay, if you pray this prayer with me, and, you know, regeneration is just the outward change of what the Spirit does. Mm. So our focus should not so much be on the response of the people but are we getting the gospel right? right? Are we sharing it effectively? Yeah, absolutely. Does that make sense? No, completely. I mean, and what you're saying is repentance is a work of regeneration. Yes. It's not the other way around. It's not a work of us. Yeah. It's a work of right. God. We're not regenerated because we repented. But, yes. you know, I know we've got another text we're going to look at when we come back. But uh, we're going to take a break for national news again. We are so glad you've joined us on SWAT Radio. We want to hear from you. During our final segment today, the number is 844-777-SWAT. That's 844-777-7928. If you're unable to call, we still want to hear from you. So feel free to email us your questions and comments to ask at SWATradio.com. That's A-S-K at SWATradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back as Doug and I discuss what it looks like to walk out repentance in our daily lives. Good news for the shame. There is good news for the world who walked away. There is good news for the doubter. The one religion failed for the good Lord. Amen. There's some good news. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes and Doug McCary. We're glad you've joined us as we're teaching and discussing biblical repentance this week. We We've been looking at Luke 5, verses 27 through 32, where Jesus calls Levi, also known as Matthew, after his conversion. We also looked at Exodus chapter 10, verses 16 and 17, where Pharaoh 
has this, what would you call it, Doug, a false repentance, and certainly an incomplete repentance? Yeah, well, yeah, he, he was concerned with his consequences, mm-hmm. not with his heart. Yeah. And, and that's what I, I, I can remember counseling a guy one time who had, um, who had made some very poor choices in his marriage. And he was about four weeks into it. And at first, he seemed very contrite. But after about four weeks, he's like, how long am I going to have to deal with this? I mean, like, when, when talking about his wife, when is she going to just uh, forgive me and move on? Right. I, haven't I paid my price? A- exactly. <laughs> that is not the sign of a broken heart. Mm, mm. A broken heart says, man, I, I've done this. You know, ever how long it takes for her to heal, yeah. I, I, I'm, I, I need to be sensitive to that. It it is and and listen we struggle as men we do we struggle but the the word repentance sometimes gets a bad rap because of fire and brimstone preachers who are people you see on the street corners <laughs> repent and be saved you know I mean people right uh, repent is just a a word that means a change of your way of thinking that leads to a change in your inner self uh, it's a regret over past it's turning from something to something mm-hmm. it's not mm-hmm. just turning from yeah. it's turning to the right thing which is god well we were talking on the break there that you know jesus teaching the beatitudes his first beatitude blessed are the poor in spirit it's the idea that we recognize our spiritual poverty that we're we're spiritually bankrupt because of our sin mm-hmm. we've been separated from god yeah it seems like you would want to repent well seems like it well um, John the Baptist, when he was preaching in Matthew 3, and he says, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. You got to remember for Jews, they thought they were in the kingdom just because they were Jews. Gotcha. So this would have been very offensive for them to hear. And, and then he tells the Pharisees, you need to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. In mm-hmm. other words, you're not repentant if you, your life doesn't show change. And and listen, we that really applies for us to apply to ourselves, not to others. Amen. I'm not a fruit checker of Brad's right. life. Right. I need to be thinking about my own life. But I just want to, uh, I want you to read um, that verse in uh, Corinthians that I, I, I listed. Yeah, Second uh, Corinthians chapter 5. This is Paul, hmm. the man who was persecuting Christians, who was such a uh, rabid uh, hater of Christians and uh, ultra-Jewish nationalists. Mm. All right. Yes, uh, let me, Second uh, Corinthians 5.17. By the way, if you don't memorize Scripture, you ought to memorize this verse. Yes. This is one of my favorites. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Yes. Now, this is coming from a man who was an ultra-nationalist. And if you go back to Acts chapter 9, where it tells his conversion story, God tells Ananias, the guy that prayed over him, he's my chosen instrument to go to the Gentiles, which that would have been absolutely absurd to Paul. (laughs) But when, when you repent of your own leadership in your life, and you say, 
I'm not my leader anymore. I'm submitting to the God who created me and trusting him with my life. Then the, the absolute supremacy of God in your life, it is the controlling principle in your life. Yeah. yeah. And he, whoever repents turns from trying to serve yourself, trying to get rich, trying to do everything, whatever you think you ought to do, instead to serving God and however you think God wants you to serve him. Now, that doesn't mean you won't make mistakes. It just means that's the direction of your life. And it doesn't mean like Levi or Matthew who left everything, but it's the idea that you're willing to leave everything. Yeah. That when Jesus calls us, it is it requires a, a, a turning. It requires repentance. And I, I appreciate you using the the real defining uh, language there of what repentance is. Yeah. Well, well, I, I want to make uh, clear that, because I think the Bible is clear, repentance is not a pre-salvation work. You don't right. uh, turn from drinking. You don't, I mean, you don't, you, you don't clean up your life to come to Jesus but if you come to Jesus, he's going to clean up he's your gonna, life. Yeah, he's going to do the work. And, and so uh, just real quick, Brad, to kind of tie it all up, and then we can talk about the practical part of it. The, you know, there's there's three words that are used in the Greek Gospels that describe the process. One emphasizes the emotional uh, uh, element of regret or sorrow over our past sins. One is uh, a reversal of the whole attitude um the word in matthew 2 21 is meto meta melomai that's the one i've I've regretted what i've done in my life Hmm. okay metanoia means i'm just reversing my entire mental attitude from trusting myself now to trusting god Uh, and then the third is a, a a change in direction and it's epistrophomai and that means I'm going one way, but no, now, Lord, I'm going to let you take me in another. And it's not just any one element of the mind. It's all three. It's your will. Mm-hmm. It's it's your emotion and all that together. And so the new life that follows, it says, I'm surrendered to the one true living God. So that's really the call that Jesus made on people. And when the rich young ruler said to it, he said, I've done all these things. He said, go sell it. And he couldn't do it. He went away sad Mm. because he may ask you to sell everything. He may not. But if he is, if he does ask you and you're his, you're going to do that. So that's really the thought for the day as we look at this, this idea of what was Jesus called to people? It was a call to repent. Yeah. Amen. I think of King David who said, uh, you know, against you only have I sinned, God. Yeah. We we do sin against one another. We can kind of talk about this during the last segment, this idea of, yes, we do sin against one another, but ultimately we sin against God. Yes. And I love this idea that you're talking about. There's, there's a regret about our past actions, mm-hmm. but that leads to a heart change and a mind change. And I think we do have a caller, uh, Austin from Jacksonville. Austin, are you there? I'm here, guys. How are y'all today? Good, brother. Welcome to SWAT. Hey, yeah, I just wanted to call and tell you guys I love you, and I appreciate um, your, your word today on repentance. Um, it was it was the kindness of God that brought me into that, and, uh, man, I just thank him every day for the life change 
in repentance um, and through surrendering. Uh, that definitely changed my life and my wife's as well. Um, so I just I can't wait to, to for the SWAT meetings to kick off again, and uh, I just love hearing you all on the radio. Well, Austin, it's good to hear your voice, and it is the kindness of God that leads to salvation and leads to true repentance. Romans 2, 4, yeah, one it, of my favorite verses. It's a great verse. We're, we're actually, I think I'm, we're going to mention that or talk about that later in the week, but I, uh, I, I, I'm so glad that you called in to even bring that up because so many people think when you talk about repentance, you're talking about a work or some kind of fear-based thing. And it's not. It is It is the kindness of God that says, in your sin, I sent my son to die Amen. for you, and I love you, and I want you to turn from this destructive path in your life to trust the one who can give you true life and security. I mean, that that is so loving and kind, and man, it's unbelievable, isn't it? Hey, Austin, I don't know yeah, if you, God. I don't know if you heard us work through uh, Luke five, but I was thinking about in Luke five where he calls Levi, says, "Follow me." Have you ever thought about the fact that Jesus obviously did not make tax collectors feel like they were beyond building a friendship with? Uh, you know, he he was. We know that Jesus was a friend of sinners, and I was wondering. I, I just wrote out a little note. It said, "Do I have friends who don't know Christ?" And and you brought up that Romans verse that it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Mm-hmm. Do we have neighbors that we need to extend kindness to, not judgment toward? Amen. Amen. And that's sometimes it's the hardest, uh, just because of the nature of our flesh. Uh, we, we just want them so bad to do what we, we want them to do. And then uh, I just feel God looking over my shoulder and he's like, you've been there. You, I, I, I wanted you to do that years before. Um, but like you said, it's the kindness. And, uh, uh, speaking of, uh, just the way, the way we point out, uh, sin in people's life, it's not a, uh, looking over the shoulder kind of thing. It's the kindness to show them, um, you know, this, this is what uh, the way you should be living. Yeah, you know, Austin, one thing oh, that is severely lacking in our gospel presentations is what I call biblical theology of the gospel, like in the way we share it. A lot of people, when they share the gospel, they call people to repent, but they tell them repentance is just a change of mind, and that's stopping short. It is a change of mind that results in a change of action. Yeah. If you leave out... Listen, there's a verse. I want to give you this verse real quick before we go to break. Acts 26, 20. It's Paul, and he's speaking, and he and he says, I declared first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem, throughout all the region of Judea, to the Gentiles, they should repent and turn to God, performing deeds in keeping with their repentance. So why would God allow that verse to be in the Bible? There's others, too. There's... Uh, I think there's Acts 3.19, repent therefore and turn back that your sins may be blotted out. Again, tying this idea of the repentance is not just a change of mind. It's a change of mind that leads to a change of action. So if you say, uh, it's kind of like getting a baseball uniform saying, hey, I'm a baseball player. And you just sit, you, you have the uniform, but you never play baseball. Well, that doesn't do you any good. And that's what a lot of people do. They pray a prayer. They say something to God, but they don't really uh, allow God to 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 be who he's supposed to be in their mm-hmm. life. They live in denial, yeah. and they just verbalize a prayer, and then they live still under their leadership. 
that is not true biblical repentance. Yeah. So, yeah. well, Austin, thank you for calling today. We're going to take a quick break. I hope you'll call us back, and uh, we're looking forward to seeing you at the SWAT Bible studies. Always. Y'all have a blessed day. Thank you. You too, brother. Well, when we come back from the break, Doug and I are going to take your calls. The number to call is 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. Again, if you're unable to call, please email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And we'll be right back after the break. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. They say sometimes you win some, sometimes you lose some. And right now, right now I'm losing bad. Stood on this stage night after night, reminding the broken. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio. And Doug, it's good to have you back, brother. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. and, and, and you know, this uh, speaking about this topic is kind of one of my heartbeats as an evangelist yeah. because I just am, am so passionate about getting the gospel right. I want to make sure that. As best I can, I communicate in a biblical way so people don't have a misunderstanding about what true saving faith is. You know, faith and repentance are really uh, two sides of one coin. Right. Uh, right. Because uh, it, it's impossible to place your faith, true faith in Jesus, without <laughs> recognizing, you know what? I was leading my own life. Mm. I, I was. I was independent of God's yeah. leadership, and, and I, you know, I, I didn't think I was that bad of a person. And I go back to Luke 13. We're going to read that later in the week of, hey, Jesus said, you think those people were bad because they died? Mm-hmm. You all, if, unless you repent, you're going to perish Amen. too. Amen. You know, no, so. Absolutely. Well, listen, for those who are new to SWAT Radio, SWAT is a teaching ministry that seeks to equip and encourage men in their daily walk with Christ this, uh, by the way, this broadcast is made possible by the generous donations of listeners like you and corporate sponsors who support mm-hmm. clear and unashamed teaching and discussion of God's Word. 
If you are interested in learning more about SWAT Radio or one of the SWAT Bible studies for men, go to SWATradio.com. Click on the SWAT Meetings tab. Uh, We'd love to have you join us in person. And if you're interested in supporting or sponsoring SWAT Radio, click on the Support tab for further information. Our phone lines are open, Steve says. And uh, for this last segment of the day, we'd love to hear from you. Call us at 844-777-7928. That's 844-777-SWAT. Doug, what is it about repentance, though, that is so difficult for us as men? I, I... I just believe with all my heart that in our culture today, we live in such a culture of of trying to defend ourselves, and whether it's social media or whatever has created this, we 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 want a quick fix. Mm-hmm. We want an instant serve, you know, like a drive through mentality, and with God. The, the whole idea that, you know, uh, I'd like think about it for a second. You know, I've used this analogy before. If if you're backing down your driveway and your neighbor's three-year-old child is behind your car, are you going to, and you run over them and, and kill them, so you kill an innocent child, are you going to get out of your car and, and, and go to your neighbor and say, you know, I'm sorry, I, I, I should have paid more attention, but have no emotion. Hmm. Are you going to, you're, you're going to be devastated, right? Yeah. So why is it that when you share the gospel with people that the God of the universe who created everything, sent his son, innocent, never sinned, never hurt a fly, never had a bad thought, never not, not one sinful thought, innocent as that baby, that three-year-old, as far as evil deeds. And my sin put him on the cross. The most gruesome death ever. I did that. We're all guilty of that. Mm-hmm. Not one person can say, well, I didn't. It's not my fault Jesus died. No. If you sin, and we all have, then he did that. And the moment you realize that, you go, but I can be forgiven for for my sin. I can be forgiven for that because of what he did. And they're going to be lackadaisical about that admission and just somebody uh, autonomously leading them through some kind of sinner's prayer. That that see that that just betrays the fact that there's not really hard engagement mm-hmm. in that. Yeah. It would be like Brad. You let's say I, I I'll, I'll use a guy, not you, because I I won't. But but a guy commits adultery, and he knows he's offended his wife and what he did is wrong, and he comes to you and he says, "Brad, listen, I'm I'm so sorry about what I did, but man, my wife's so hurt and angry, and I don't even know what to say. Will you help me?" And you go to the, you say, "Yeah, come on, let's go to the door." And he goes, "I don't know what to say." And you say, "Okay, I'll tell you what to say." So he knocks on the door. She answers, and. And and you say, okay, tell her you love her. I love you. Yeah. Tell her you're sorry. I'm sorry. Tell her you're grateful for her forgiveness. I'm grateful for Do you think that wife for any uh, moment is going to believe that he really feels that? Yeah. No. And that's what we no. do. Reminds me of when my when my kids used to hurt their mama, I would take them aside and I said, I want, I want to tell you something. What you did was wrong. 
but even more than that, what you did hurt your mother. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd make them stand right in front of her. And uh, oftentimes you could see when there was true, um, you know, you know, I guess pain. They're dealing with the remorse in some ways where tear, their eyes would start watering up when they looked directly at their mother and realized they had hurt her. Mm-hmm. That when we look at the face of God in our sin, we're, we're again putting Christ on the cross. Yeah. And, and we, we, we own our sin when we're truly repentant. We, we own our sin and say, I need Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm destined for, for eternal wrath without him. And we're not talking about emotionalism, right? No, 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 we're not talking about emotionalism, but there should be some emotional component to it. Not because of a, a story somebody tells, but because of the truth of the scriptures Mm -hmm. that God sent his son to die for you and me. And that reality means that I can be in a relationship with the creator every day. I can pray to him. I can enjoy fellowship with him. And I never have to go through life worrying about eternal death again. Yeah. uh, Or being separated from my father in heaven. Yeah. Well, so obviously the the emotional, when I'm talking about the emotional side, I know there have been times, Doug, where I have been, whether it's reading through Scripture or it's hearing a great uh, hymn or a song, where I'm reminded, as our friend Austin said clearly, that it was the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Yeah. So quickly we forget the gospel, what Christ paid to, to do away with my sin, and it causes me to repent. It causes me to want to live my life to honor him. And uh, it just it kind of creates, stirs in you a, 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 an emotional response. Yeah, I, I, I do want to go back to what you're saying about emotion. I'm not saying, you know, some invitations, especially by evangelists today, try to condition people for some kind of either through music or, you know, some passionate personality or some really emotional story they tell. Um, And they try to evoke an emotion in people based on that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the reality of understanding what we've done, what God's done and what he's giving us. But then you you mentioned it the last segment that it's it's an awareness of our sin, our depravity, yeah, that leads to a changed heart and a changed will. Mm-hmm. In other words, we can say, "Hey, I'm sorry, I did that," and absolutely see no uh, fruit of that repentance. Mm-hmm. Well, it says that we're to see, you know we're to see the fruit of that repentance. That means, like you said, it's it's a changed life it's a changed direction hey i'm doing this this offends a holy and righteous god mm-hmm. repentance is turning back to god yeah and, and as the one who was righteous the one who was holy and 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 there is life change that takes place in those who are truly regenerate yeah, yeah. and unfortunately in today's system that we see a lot Uh, in churches and even ministries, we see a large percentage of people that, quote, trust Christ, 
kind of go back to their old life where they're in charge. They don't really care what God's word says. They don't read the Bible. They don't pray. They don't really seek God's leadership. And as far as the world around them is concerned, they're no different. Yeah, right. And that is not what God revealed in Scripture. I mean, look back in chapter uh, uh, the first couple of chapters of Acts. They had thousands of people converted, but you know what they did? They demonstrated the genuineness of their faith by selling things to take care of those in need. Uh, they were some of them were killed mm-hmm. on behalf of the gospel. You know, you don't have to doubt the genuineness of those believers in Iran or over in Iraq, exactly uh, the Middle East or China. Those people, if they come to faith in Christ, it ain't just a, hey, I want to raise my hand and be part of the gang. Mm -hmm. They're saying God's done a life change and I'm his and I'm going to be a witness for him. So. Well, I was thinking about that Second Corinthians verse, uh, Second Corinthians five. Therefore, if any was in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away; behold, the new has come. Mm-hmm. You know, in Christ, it should reflect an eternal security. It should reflect acceptance and assurance, and it should reflect a participation in Christ's divine nature. Mm-hmm. In other words, His divine nature at the core is humility. Mm-hmm. Repentance requires. That divine nature of humility. It, yeah, it does. And I, one final thought, Brad, is mm-hmm. Martin Lloyd-Jones said this, we want sinners to be strongly attracted to Jesus, not to me as a speaker, you as a speaker, uh, whoever the preacher is, and the gospel of Jesus, and not to our jokes or our, yeah. you know, the way yeah. we share. Yeah. And God-centered preaching includes repentance and that's what jesus did amen well that's a wrap today we're glad you tuned in join us again tomorrow as we continue our teaching on biblical repentance we'll be discussing what repentance is and what it is not until then advance truth If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual